Mark Hanna is a Detroit Tiger, and Eduardo Rodriguez officially opts out. The offseason is here, baby. Let's talk about it all today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, November 6th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Boy, are we so back. What an offseason already. Uh, the Tigers had a heck of a weekend. We have Eduardo Rodriguez officially opting out. No new contract put in place. He will become a free agent. Then we have the Detroit Tigers making a trade before free agency even begins Begins and acquiring Mark Canna. Now, I want to start. We'll get to all of that today. Uh, obviously, most of the conversation today is going to be around Mark Canna, rightfully so. Uh, we'll, so we'll talk plenty about him. I do want to say that Holub had a really good year for the Tigers. That's who the Tigers gave up, minor league reliever. Um, he, he had a he had a solid season in, in the minors. And um, this is a trade you make 10 times out of 10. If you're the Tigers, you don't feel bad about it. You do it. It's good value. Not trying to say anything otherwise. I just want to give him his flowers. And in the press conference, the Zoom conference, whatever you want to call it, uh, Scott Harris had given credit to Garko, who's a head of player development and, and the entire development staff for the Tigers, for putting the Tigers in a position where a trade like this can happen. Uh, This is, uh, again, we talk about it all the time. The pitching development for this baseball team has improved greatly over the last several seasons and is now at a point where the Tigers are developing players and, and putting players in a position where they're having career years and like career years in the minors, whatever that's worth to you, but uh, they're taking big strides forward developmentally to the point where they have value to other organizations. And like, I know that that sounds like the bar is on the floor, but like given where the team was for like a long time, (laughs) the bar kind of is on the floor. And the fact that we have players who have value to other teams while still holding on to and and having players that have value to us that we want to keep and develop and, and see what happens with is, very, very, it's, it's a good sign of a healthy organization. So not that Holub would have been, you know, like prime Mariana Rivera or, or that this is like some big mistake. Again, like this is a trade the Tigers make 10 times out of 10. And, uh, and, and I'm not trying to like pump too much into the tires here, but uh, he, he had a solid season. And I think that the development team, I agree with Harris, basically that the development team deserves a lot of credit for putting them into position where uh, where they can trade assets and get help at the major league level for minor league arms, okay? Because that's not too long ago that that wasn't really a thing. So, Mark Hanna, Detroit Tiger, baby. I love it. 
I I really do. I where do we even start? Well, I guess we'll start with the style of player that he is. If you were to look around baseball, okay, just take take a gander, take a peek throughout the entire game of baseball. If you were to rank all of the people in the sport that are like Scott Harris profile guys, there is a legitimate argument, not saying it's a slam dunk or that's guaranteed, but there is a legitimate argument, maybe even a winning argument, that Mark Canna is quite literally number one on that list. This guy just fits exactly what Scott Harris and co and what this front office wants to bring to the Tigers organization and what they want this lineup to look like, what they want, the the type of at-bats they want their players to have. Mark Hanna. (laughs) He is a a non-strike zone expander. That's a weird way of wording that. But he he does not expand the strike zone. He does not chase. Uh, He walks a boatload. And... This past season, he actually had his career best K percentage, like comfortably. This is a guy that in his career has about a 20.5% K rate, had a lot of years of just over 20%. Not that that's awful. That's, you know, round league average. That's fine. Um, But this past season, it was down to 15.6% K rate, which is in the 87th percentile. The whiff rate was in the 86th percentile at just 18.3%. The chase rate was in the 78th percentile, 23.9%. And the walk rate was 9.7%, which is uh, just under 10%, pretty par for the course for his career. Now we'll talk about kind of, I guess we can transition that into his career. Obviously the style of play, he also can play multiple positions. You can play corner outfield. You can play some first base. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But when looking at his career uh, in terms of, you know, like what kind of player, again, like are we getting, what kind of numbers has he put up in the past? This past season, he had a 1.6 F4. I think his baseball reference war was higher. Um, he would have been like one of the most valuable non-pitchers on the 2023 Detroit Tigers. Um, And that's awesome to acquire, again, for a minor league reliever. So really good value. Again, I I keep going back. The value for the trade, I'm a big fan of. Uh, He is on a, I think it's technically a team option that the Tigers will, will very obviously opt into. And the Brewers, clearly it sounds like, didn't want to opt into, which is why they were shopping him. Uh, It'll be 11.5 mil for 2024 and next year will be his age 35 season. So a veteran, not going to be some long-term piece, but as far as the short term next year, again, he fits exactly what this team wants to do. And looking back at his career, now that my ADHD brain train of thought there is, is back on the rails, looking back at his career, uh, he, he'll run into some power too. And, and I'm not even going to include the 26 home run juiced ball season of 2019, Uh, because that's like not going to happen. He's not going to hit over 25 homers for the Tigers. Um, But looking at every other year, 2021, 17 homers, 2018, 17 homers, 2022, 13 homers, and last season, 11 homers. So he's on a a gradual decline, if you're in a linear decline, if you're looking at the last three seasons. But uh, if, if he can just hit 12 to 15 bombs and have a slugging percentage of around 400, 
this guy is going to be worth and, and he's going to fulfill the value that we assume of him. And the reason be, why I say that is because his value does not come from hitting 12 to 15 homers. That's where he can't hit zero. That's where some of it is going to come. But his value, not all of it, that's that's not fair, but a large majority of it comes from drawing walks. And when you have a high walk rate type of profile, <clears throat> excuse me, that helps the sustainability of your production. WRC plus the last three years, 111, 126, 116. If we're getting a 10 to 25% better than league average hitter, his, his slugging percentage in those three years, 400, 403, and 387. If he can just slug 400, he's going to be an above league average hitter because he draws so many walks and works so many counts. The batting average in those three years, 262, 266, 231. He's a career 250 hitter. About as average of a batting average as you can have. But he is an OBP king. He is an on-base percentage machine. And that is, is I mean, look, we have, we have an example on our own team, right? Javi Baez had a high OPS for a lot of years. It was mostly due to his high slugging percentage. He had a slug well into the 500s in his MVP years, sometimes even in the low 600s. And that's why he was able to have such a high OPS with a sub-300 OBP, <laughs> right? Mark Hannes comes from drawing walks. And, and he, the, the ceiling is not like an 850 OPS. He's not going to come in here and, and his OPS the last three seasons, 755, 770, 745. He's not going to come in here and, and be an all-star caliber hitter. But he's got a high floor that is very repeatable and sustainable. Because he takes very professional at-bats. And he draws a boatload of walks. And that's why Scott Harris loves him. That's why we're going to love him. And that's why a lot of people are really excited about this move. Let's keep the ball rolling. We'll talk about the 2024 outlook for him. Where he's going to slot in defensively. His role on the team, etc. We will do that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL season has obviously kicked off. We're in the thick of things here. And right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Okay? There's a lot of fun props out there. That's like the most fun thing for me to look at. We usually do... Uh, on, on this show and on, on Lockdown Red Wings with Brian, like a preseason, you know, fan duel odds type of episode where we look at uh, some of the like player prop odds for awards and for the Tigers specifically and for the Wings. I think the craziest one I ever saw was, well, it's not ever because it happens every year. It's just like a testament to how, how good Connor McDavid is. But when you look at the preseason props for – Who's going to lead the NHL in points? It's not a list of like 10 players. It's Connor McDavid, and then it's the field, and Connor McDavid is minus money. Remarkable. A lot of fun stuff with the NFL, too. Great time to get in on it about halfway through the season. MVP props are obviously in full swing, changing all the time. So be sure to visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown and kick off this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final, no, segment two. Just kidding. Jumped the gun a little bit. I don't want to get rid of you. Uh, second segment here, Locked On Tigers. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, uh, making us your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow in off-season mode, baby. We got uh, some more discussions to have, uh, some more options that we still have to go over. Carson Kelly, Javi Baez, et cetera. Those decisions still have to be made at the time of this recording. We got off-season, like free agency conversations. We got qualifying offer conversations. We're here. We're, we're, we're so back. Full off-season mode. And the Tigers waved a big flag that said the off-season is here and traded for Mark Canna before free agency even starts from the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, interesting to see what the Brewers do from here on out really quickly. Um, I think there's a chance that this is like the the start of a maybe not like a full teardown really the the biggest sign will be what they do with Adamas and then the 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 three pitchers right um I, I think that that's going to be like the biggest sign of how they feel about their future but again Mark Canna is like a like a above league average hitter and has been for like most of his career at least since he's been established so uh kind of fascinating to see where they go from here, but uh, not wanting to pick up an 11 and a half million option for a guy who consistently has given one and a half to four war every single year since 2018 uh, is, is, is pretty telling. I, I think, I think that's a pretty telling decision by their front office. Uh, when uh, another thing that kind of excites me or maybe excites isn't the right word, but gives me reassurance with Canna is that he has reinvented himself before and like I'm not asking him to reinvent himself I love the hitter that he is I want him to to do that but he's not afraid to make adjustments there's a guy who at 26 years old was like a low walk rate type of like hitter that would run into a few more homers had a little bit of a higher slug uh and, and was pretty solid but then like didn't get another full season under his belt until 2018 like until he was 29 years old and even that season didn't have like a really high walk rate. It wasn't until he was 20, until he was 30, that he had like a full season with a really high walk rate, a lower K rate. And and, and that was his four win season was 2019. And then, you know, he, he's been a, the same type of player for the last four seasons, five seasons since then. But uh, it's just, it's, it's reassuring to know this dude's not afraid to make adjustments. He's going to go up there, and if, if there is a change in approach that he needs, he's not afraid to do it. And, you know, he, he's proven, again, kind of like reshaped his entire career at 30. And, uh, and now we're getting him at 35. So even though he's a veteran, uh, this is not uh, a guy who has like a ton of miles on the tires or that, uh, you know, ha has been doing the same thing for 15 years and, and whatnot. Like this is really like year five-ish of like this current iteration of Mark Canna, which I, I like, to be honest with you. So yeah, man, I, I know we keep reiterating it. I keep saying it over and over again, but like this, this is a, a, the floor, he's a high floor guy for me. And this shouldn't be the only move of the off season because I don't think it's a like super high ceiling move. And I want to make that clear as well. Mark Canna is not going to slot into this lineup in that third and be a, a four-win player, and be a four- or five-win player, be a perennial all-star. He's not going to come in here and and be that, like, middle-of-the-lineup bat that your team desperately needs, right? So 
if you are are looking at it, maybe desperately is not the right word to use for that anymore. I guess that's probably not fair. The Tigers did take some some strides in that department this past season. Um, but if you're looking at like a high ceiling, like a big impact type of bat, uh, Canna raises the floor, and, and I love what he brings. But it's it's it shouldn't be the only move of the offseason, is all I'm trying to say. And there's nothing that says it won't be. So, like, I'm, I'm not worried that it's the only move of the offseason. I know there, there's some people out there that are just because of how year one of the Harris era kind of went, where there wasn't, like, a huge, huge splash like that. Um, but free agency, it, it hasn't even started yet. Uh, so I'm not like, oh, wow, this is, like, the one move we've made. We're just done. Like, we, the offseason really technically hasn't even started yet. I, I still think we have plenty up our sleeves here th- this offseason. And, uh, and I, I'm not really worried about – this being the only move that we make, but I, I just wanted to make it clear, like it, it shouldn't be the only move that we make. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk about Erod as well. You definitely need some help on the pitching side of things now that Eduardo Rodriguez's uh, future is highly in question. But we're talking about Canna now. The last thing I really want to talk about is just his role on the team, where he's going to fit into the lineup defensively, et cetera, in 2024. Um, again, not like a two through four hitter. However, I think the reason why, again, I, I feel like he raises the floor of this team so much, A, is just because like the OPS is consistent. Uh, it's been like consistent mid or high 700s for a while now. So if you're getting that, that's good. And that's not, again, like that's not like perennial middle of the lineup stuff. I think he's a great five or six hitter on a good team. And the other thing that really excites me is because he draws a ton of walks and because he's a high OBP guy, I don't think they're going to be afraid to lead him off. And I fully welcome it. I, I I love it. Um, uh, please be be my guest. Give give me a, a guy who's going to walk a boatload to start off a game. I, I I don't think it'll be like an every single day. He's just penciled in as the leadoff hitter thing. But uh, if they like a matchup, especially, I I think they're going to have no fear in putting him in the leadoff spot. None at all. And I think that that's awesome and needed. Right. We talk about we we talked about it during the season too. Like. This team hasn't had like a perennial, you know, solidified, really good leadoff hitter in a while. So I think that that'll help. Uh, But I I expect him to bat, you know, like just outside of the heart of the lineup for a lot, whether it is at the very top or whether it is in that like five or six in the lineup range. And that extends your lineup. And that's so valuable. And that's so awesome. Right. It's not just to use a Red Wings analogy, like the the, it's not just like, oh, you know, the top line is really productive and, and the other lines aren't and you're not going to get any production out of them you need to expand the lineup you need threats all throughout it you can't just be like oh well if you get through the two three four you're you're, you're good for another inning and a half or two innings canna helps you do that again a fantastic floor raising move for the detroit tigers fantastic i love this move i really do i absolutely love it i love mark canna uh, he, he's going to ra- raise the grittiness of this team too. This guy's not afraid to get hit by a pitch. And like, I, I don't know if that's like a sustainable trait or attribute, but he'll wear it, baby. He'll wear it. Uh, he had like a crazy uh, hit by pitch total a couple of seasons ago. He's going to raise this team's X grit stat. All right. Let me tell you, if you know, you know. Um, so yeah, I, he's just a gritty ball player. And the last thing I do want to talk about is defense. I've said that like four times and then the ADHD happens. We'll talk about that. Right after I find the cool video, right after this. All 
All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in as always. So talking about the role that Canada's going to have on the team in 2024, we talked about where he's going to kind of his role is going to be offensively. Um, he's pretty consistently around 60 RBIs as well, which again, like no fear, put him in the middle of the lineup there. Talking about defensively is where I think this is pretty fascinating. He's not a minus defender, but he's not a plus defender either. No, he's a slight minus defender. He's around net zero, if not slight minus, okay? He's a plus defender in one of the corner outfield positions. He's a minus in the other. He's about net zero at first base. He's played some center when he was younger. He's played some third in his career. The Tigers love that. And the biggest takeaway I have from the press conference, aside from the fact that Canna just sounds like an awesome guy, he said he's really excited he thinks we can get to the top of the mountain. There's a really talented group of young players here. He wants to be that veteran presence in the clubhouse. Said all the right things. Very excited about how he's going to fit into this team. The two biggest conversations I think remaining are DH and Veerling slash Badu. We'll start with DH. Really not a long conversation. I just think that we are at a point where this team wants no not log jam, but they don't want DH clogged. And like, we love Miguel Cabrera, right? Thank you for, for your career. Obviously they gave him the big farewell. I think this organization is thrilled that there is not a guaranteed DH every night. It's the same guy every night. They get to play matchups a little bit more. Uh, they, they get to have kind of a revolving door. And I think they're super, super excited. I think Hinch is super excited. I think Harris is super excited. I think that this move kind of highlights that. Uh, weirdly, because while Canna is going to play mostly corner outfield, he will. Um, they mentioned specifically that he was going to get time at first base. Spencer Torgelson was really, really poor defensively last year, except for scooping. I always have to throw that out there because anytime I say that, people go, oh, well, he scooped really well. Yes, he did. He was elite at it. He was incredible at it. Every other aspect of defense that wasn't scooping, he was like amongst the worst in baseball at. So, and that's a conversation for a different day. He should be better, et cetera, whatever. We did our deep dive on him last week. But I do think that Torgelson's going to get some time at DH. They're not going to be afraid to put Canna at first base. They're not going to be afraid to put Canna at DH. They're not going to be able to be afraid to put Canna in either corner outfield. Obviously, that's like his position, naturally. I think that it opens the door for a lot of possibilities and them to really play the matchups as best as they want on a night-to-night -night basis. Now, that leads us to the last conversation, which is Badu and Veerling, which are now easily, I'm talking with my hands very much so, more than I usually do, easily the biggest conversation, or the biggest question mark, rather, on the team now after these moves are those two gentlemen. Akubadu already was a big question mark because he's a lefty, right? We have Carpenter not going anywhere, Green not going anywhere, Meadows presumably not going anywhere, not as much as a lock as the other two, but I think he's going to be the starting center fielder. That's three lefty outfielders. Are you just going to have all four of your outfielders be lefties? Probably not. I don't think, for a team that plays the matchups as much as the Tigers do, don't think that's in their, their interest, Okay. So we already, last week when we did our deep dive on Badu, talked about the, the fact that he was probably already the odd man out. Now you bring in another guy that can play corner outfield. 
probably even more so the odd man out. But the interesting part is that now, and Badu has options. We talked about that on his deep dive. Like you can start him off in Toledo. You don't have to like trade him necessarily if you don't want to, but it's going to be a conversation. I think the more fascinating is now Veerling. Mark Hanna is a righty that plays corner outfield and can play the corner infield positions. He hasn't, he doesn't have a ton of experience at third, but like neither does Veerling really. And he played a ton of third last year. Now, long-term, obviously Veerling's much younger. Ken is going to be 35. This is not like you shouldn't change the entire outlook of your organization for a guy who may only be here a year, but Veerling, it was the right-handed hitting outfielder and could play third base. Even if they don't like Ken at third base, you have a ton of other utility infielders that can play third that make Veerling's necessity on the team a little bit, not as much. And then now you have a fourth outfielder who is a righty, which was like really one of the biggest reasons as to why Veerling was not the odd man out and Badu was. So now this conversation becomes absolutely fascinating. We're going to watch those two like a hawk this offseason, Badu and Veerling, because they they can coexist, though, is the thing. Not all three of them on the Major League roster, but I think Canna and Badu or Canna and Veerling can coexist. Probably still more likely Canna and Veerling because Veerling can play the infield a little bit. But like there is a possibility for them to coexist. It's just, it's not a necessity anymore. Veerling doesn't have to make the opening day roster necessarily, which is like crazy to say, but like it's kind of true. And I still like Veerling. He still has tools. He still brings value to this team. I'm not saying just like get rid of him and give up on him. I'm just, again, the fit of where he slots in in 2024, that tunnel is getting narrower and narrower after this acquisition. But they can coexist. And my money right now would still be for them to coexist. I'm not, uh, again, not, not making any proclamations here. Not saying it's impossible before you get upset. Not saying that it's not going to happen even. I still think it is but it's not guaranteed either. So we're going to watch those two very, very closely. Some really interesting conversations ahead with those two gentlemen. The last interesting conversation we have today is Eduardo Rodriguez. I don't have a ton to say about it, which is why we're just kind of slapping on five minutes to the end of here. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez opts out. Um, bop it a boopy like I, I don't know man like this is like not surprising uh if you we've been talking about on this show that he was going to opt out since like february um so the opt out is not the surprising thing in a vacuum the news here is that by the deadline there was no second deal made there, there was no new deal that was made that's obviously the news and the fact that there isn't one means that the odds of him returning just took an absolute hit. Not because of the opt-out, though. Because no new deal was in place. Again, he was always going to opt-out. And the Tigers were negotiating, reportedly. And here we are. So we have no clue what his future is going to look like. Um, The only other thing I really have to say about it is, A... I said the only other thing, and now I'm listing off two things. A, this does not mean he's guaranteed not coming back. Is it likely? I'm leaning towards he's not coming back. I've been leaning toward that for a while now. This just makes it even a higher likelihood to me. 
Uh, I, I that's that's where I'm that's where I'm at. I I don't think he's going to be back next year, but it doesn't mean it's impossible. He's a free agent. Anybody can talk to him. The Tigers can still talk to him for the next couple of days until he officially like until free agency officially begins. There, there there's still time to to bring him back. Not likely, but but this is not just like oh he declined the option. He's going to be a free agent. There's a zero percent chance either. That's all I'm trying to say. The main thing I want to say is whatever your opinion of I, I there's so, a lot of people that are really mad at Erod and and there's been a lot of stuff that that's obviously happened off the field with Eduardo Rodriguez over the last couple of years. Um I am am not here to talk about that. I I'm not talking about like why he missed time and like his timetable and like uh, I'm and the opt and, and the no trade clause and like all that stuff on the field. This guy is the only proven person in your entire rotation that has consistently or multiple times in their career given you even over 150 innings, nonetheless, 170, 180, 200. Um, that is something you have to address. As much as I talked about earlier, I love the way the, the development staff for the, the pitching development has gone in this organization. I That's obviously true, but injuries are, are not something that's like a part of like that development. Like injuries happen all the time to pitchers everywhere in baseball. And it's, it's more prevalent now than it ever has been. And innings eaters are becoming fewer and fewer. You cannot just let Erod walk and then walk into next season with the rotation at hand. You can't. You will be pitching four bullpen days a week by June. I promise you. I promise you. Okay? So you have to go replace him. Replace him in the aggregate. No, you have to replace him, though. You have to. And that is now, like, one of the biggest priorities of the offseason. Am I, like, heartbroken? Or, like, do I think that this organization is set back by Erod leaving? No. I'm fine with it. I'm totally cool with it. Genuinely. I I'm pissed that we didn't trade him because value-wise, trading him is a lot better than letting him walk for nothing. But in a vacuum, him not returning is not like the end of the world to me or this organization. But he was the second best pitcher on your team this year. And he did lead the team in innings. And he is the only proven pitcher that can, that can eat innings in this entire rotation as it stands right now on November 6th. So if you let him walk, you best have some, some opinions on some pitchers to go to when free agency starts. And as much as I've, I've given a hard time to this free agency class, because offensively it's not that good. It's super weak offensively. It's not that bad pitching-wise. You have Snell. You have Nola, who I really like and, and would love to get here, a guy who is going to give you a ton of innings. Um, you have – I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Like, honestly, you have international prospects thrown in there from, from Japan, Cuba, et cetera. You have, you have multiple uh, international pitching prospects in this class as well. Like, this is – like the Tigers are reportedly in on, which is, like, super exciting because we're never in on international free agents. Um there's there, there's a lot of options out there to replace him. 
And the Tigers proved last year that they can get innings out of somebody who's maybe overlooked by other teams. And and Fetter and London Nieves are incredible at their jobs and, and can help in that regard. You don't have to break the bank necessarily, but you need to go spend money on somebody who is going to pitch innings. And that is the, I think the argument for trying to get a deal done with Erod. But if you let him walk and you want it, and you think those innings are somewhere else on the free agent market, you know, so be it. I'm, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Okay. So Erod probably gone, not guaranteed, but probably gone. Not the end of the world for the Tigers, but they have to be active in free agency. They're going to have to actually spend money in free agency to fill that void. They're going to need innings, which they're losing. They already, I already wanted them to get innings before officially losing Erod. Now you really, really need innings. Like I want multiple people that are proven and are going to eat innings this year. So you need to do that. And Mark Kane is a Detroit Tiger, which rocks. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow, baby, fully in off-season mode. We still got some player options to talk about. Javi and uh, Kelly have not been announced at the time of this recording, so we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, a lot to discuss. Free agency is only in a couple of days. We're here. We're so back. All right? Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.